While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. Welcome to Overdue, a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew. And that's about it. I don't have an, op- an open. Do you have an open, Andrew? You really wanted to start the show, so I'm going to let you start the show. I didn't really want to. I just wanted to make you feel bad about your opening of the show. Yeah, it's every, every time we start the show, I feel like I'm like entering a party and I didn't bring a gift. Like I was supposed to bring something to dinner. And I walk in and think that my greeting is going to be enough. You know what I it's mean? It's more like every day you're supposed to bring a lunch to work to eat. And like halfway through the week, you forgot how to make a lunch. And you just, <laughs> and you just like packed a pudding cup and some like Pez and that's your lunch. And now you have to live with it. I think you just created a metaphor for the metaphor you just made. I think halfway through your joke... You forgot how to make a joke. It's metaphors all the way. And you, <laughs> you had a pudding cup instead. Yeah, pudding cups. So this is a podcast about books. And every week, one or the other of us will read a book. And then we will tell you and the other person about it. And the other person will ask really super great questions that they've prepared meticulously over the course of the week. Don't overpromise. Don't. It'll just be a really great family fun time for the whole entire family. I real. Does anyone who has a family listen to this? I mean, people people are related to other people, and they listen to this podcast. That's a thing. But are there any parents who listen to this? I don't think they they can answer because they're too busy caring for their their offspring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it's pertinent that we're talking about families this week, Andrew. Why is that? Why, why, oh, why what did you, lead me down the Segway road oh that you're my trying to God, when down? you're walking down a Segway, maybe you shouldn't just point and yell loudly Segway. Maybe <laughs> that would not be the thing to do. Otherwise, it's just a bit on the nose. I mean, it is a bit. It is also on the nose. You silly old bear. Tell uh, me what you read this week. <laughs> speaking of silly old bears. Um, There's a Segway. I read... Uh, Winnie the Pooh by A.A. Milne, the first book of Winnie the Pooh. Um, How many, is it like an epic three-part trilogy, or like what is the structure of this of this book series? Well, how, many of, how many books were there, and when were they oh, written? There are too many books to count, but the first okay. Winnie the Pooh stories appeared in the mid-1920s, uh, and the first collection is a collection of ten, which is either called Winnie the Pooh, or sometimes the adventures of Winnie the Pooh, depending on how it's been published. Um, and some may remember The House on Pooh Corner, which is the follow-up book. Uh, and then since Winnie the Pooh was published in 1925 or 1926, depending on when it became a book, it was then purchased by a man named Stephen Schlesinger. We're just jumping into the to the real facts here on today's podcast. Pooh facts. Pooh facts. And uh, don't go to that website. No, don't. It's, no, it's don't go there. 
Uh, go to OverduePodcast.com instead. We've got all your poo facts. Um, Steven Schlesinger is an American who purchased the merchandising and, and other assorted rights from A.A. A. Milne in North America for like $1,000 and some gross profits, which is effectively the first time anyone like licensed a cartoon character like that. And it sounds like the first time like somebody who created content got dicked over by someone who would go on to make a lot of money well, on I that think, product. I mean it was it was a thousand dollars and actually it was a thousand dollars and sixty six percent of all the profit. I think Milne did okay. Like all future all future profit? All all the profit that Schlesinger would make himself yeah, okay. off of Pooh. Um, okay. And then about thirty years later they licensed it to Disney or or something like that. And then Disney has since run away with Winnie the Pooh <laughs> and made all sorts of money and stuff like that. And they're very happy to get They are very happy to have him. Um, and so Winnie the Pooh, do you know how Winnie the Pooh got his name, Andrew? I do not know how Winnie the Pooh got his name, Craig. Well, it's named after an actual bear named Winnie who lived, makes sense. Who lived in a zoo in England where Milne would see him. And then Pooh... Is comes from this goose that a Milne ran into once. <laughs> it's either a goose or a swan. He's, Wait, what is the full story? What there does is, the goose like say poo the, at him? I Did think the, they yelled poo at the goose to make him go away. I have no response to that. <laughs> it's, it's one of those weird things. I had a when I was a little kid, I, na- I named a goldfish Finch. I don't know why. Goldfinch? Gold, maybe, but then my cat tried to eat him, and then he died, and we flushed him down the toilet. So Yeah, when you buy a goldfish, you're just you're buying sadness in three days. Like, I think I'm stealing that joke from somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but when we had goldfish as a kid, it was just like you bought one, and it died, and you were sad, and then you got another one, and it died, and you were kind of sad. And by the time you were on your last one, which also would inevitably die, you're just kind of dead inside. Yeah. Like you couldn't make any more room in your heart for any more goldfish. Well, if you were, any, is there any other animal that you buy that comes in a plastic bag? Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know about that. I don't think any other animals come in plastic bags. I mean, I think if you buy, like, worms, they might come in a paper bag. They come in, like, a can. Oh, oh, oh I get it. I see. Like a can, I feel like, like a and then can you, of worms. And then you open it, and bad stuff happens. <laughs> that is excellent. Okay, so when these stories were originally published, were they, the, were they like their own short stories or were they published in like newspapers? Because I think a lot of the books that we've read so far have been like serialized kind of newspaper stuff and then they were adapted to be books later. Is that how this happened? The first story was published uh, in the London Evening News. He, Winnie the Pooh made the debut in the Evening News. Um, and I, I, for what I understand... A couple of other short poo stories um, were delivered similarly, but they were collected into a book within the first year of Winnie the Pooh's existence. Okay. Um, so that just seemed to be how it went. And then he you know, took off, and then you start selling all sorts of books from there. So, yeah, how is this character... Because I, I guess a lot of people from our generation might be familiar with Winnie the Pooh more through the cartoons mm-hmm. than... 
the books and in the cartoons it's always just kind of a given that there's this stuffed bear and he has like a pig and a your friend and there's a kid who's around sometimes but sometimes not <laughs> rabbit may or may not be stuffed he might be an actual rabbit i don't know like some of them are just animals <laughs> Yeah, it really. What's the what's the deal? What's the setup? There isn't a. I don't know. Okay, so there is a setup, um, and the very first line of the book is: "Here is Edward Bear coming downstairs now, bump, bump, bump on the back of his head behind Christopher Robin." <laughs> All right. So already, I've purchased a book called Winnie the Pooh, and there's a picture of Winnie the Pooh in this this edition of the book that I have. But he has already been called Edward Bear. I did not know that that was his name. But I'm sorry, Edward Bear is my father. (laughs) Well played. I don't have anything for that. Um, So within a page, it becomes clear that the narrator is probably the parent of Christopher Robin. Like this book is a series of stories told to Christopher Robin, if that makes sense. Okay. And told to and are about... They're, they're told to Christopher Robin and also they are about Christopher Robin? Yes. So I'll, I'll get to exactly how that works in a second. Okay. Um, so, you know, he introduces the narrator to Winnie the Pooh and... Uh, the narrator goes, but I thought he was a boy. And Christopher Robin says, so did I. Well, then you can't call him Winnie. I don't, but he's Winnie the Pooh. Don't you know what the means? <laughs> and then the narrator just goes, ah, yes, now I do. And I hope you do too, because it is all the explanation you are going to get. So right away, A. Milne has just said, kids are crazy. They name their toys whatever they want. Get over it. So from the get-go, we know that Winnie the Pooh is a toy. All right, you're making a face like you don't buy this I at all. Just, okay, just I'm just gonna roll with all it. All right, just like roll with kids it. Kids had to. So in the first story, which is Winnie the Pooh, it, what is it called? Winnie the Pooh, in which we are introduced to Winnie the Pooh and some bees, and the stories begin. <laughs> so Winnie the Pooh is real hungry for honey. There's honey up in a tree, but it's guarded by a bunch of bees, and he needs help getting up there. So he asks. The second person, you, which at this point we are ta- we are telling the story to Christopher Robin. Uh, so it's like, you went to a party and you had this balloon, so you gave it to Christopher Robin. Or you gave it to Winnie the Pooh and he floated up and tried to get the honey. And it's very, it's it's a weird, like, frame narrative. I don't know. I don't know how better to explain it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, is... <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to, like... You want to know about the other animals, or do you want to know about Christopher Robin? I want to know more about Christopher Robin, because, okay, one, to what extent is he just, like, a stand-in for Milne's own son? I think, or or Milne himself, I'm not sure. I think, yeah, it's very similar. Um, And I think it is, it's that weird bit of, like, child storytelling self-insertion that happens... Like, it really is just a bunch of stories about this kid's toys, I think. But after the first story, we stop talking to Christopher Robin, and it's just a bunch of stories about these animals that live in the woods. 
Okay, and is Christopher Robin in the subsequent story? Yes, and he shows up, but we we never say, oh, you were doing... Th-. Like, the narrator... Let me read a paragraph from the first story, actually. So, uh, Winnie the Pooh needed help to get uh, this honey, so he asks Christopher Robin for a balloon. And Christopher Robin says, but you don't get honey with balloons. I do, said Pooh. And then the next paragraph, the narrator is just talking to Christopher Robin in the second person. Well, it just happened that you had been to a party the day before at the house of your friend Piglet, and you had balloons at the party. You had a big green balloon and one of Rabbit's relationships, yada, 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 yada. So Christopher Robin at that point is not, he's like in the story, but he's also listening to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then in all the rest of the stories, Christopher Robin's just in them. Like he's just a guy. So it's not like a Calvin and Hobbes situation where... Like, it's possible that it's the power of Christopher Robin's imagination keeping these stuffed animals animated. And it's not like a Toy Story thing where they are just innately alive and then they stop being alive when he's around. No, most of the stories follow a pattern where the toys do something stupid and then Christopher Robin shows up and says, you're really stupid, but I love you. (laughs) Silly old bear. Like, let me sum up six of the ten stories for you. Okay. Winnie the Pooh wants honey, so he covers himself in mud and gets stung by bees. That's number one. Okay. Number two, Winnie the Pooh wants honey slash more food, so he gets stuck in a hole in Rabbit's house. Okay. Winnie the Pooh walks in circles, tracking what he thinks is another animal, until Christopher Robbins, who has been sitting in the tree the whole time, says, Pooh, you are just following yourself. You stupid bear, I love you. There's another one where Winnie the Pooh gets mistaken for a heffalump because he ate his own honey and got his head stuck in a jar. There's another one where he wanted to give Eeyore a present of honey, but instead he eats all the honey, so he just gives Eeyore the jar. And then there's one where he falls asleep at the beginning of the story eating honey, and when he wakes up, it's been raining for like three days. (laughs) So based on your descriptions, and maybe you're oversimplifying, but I... I doubt it because i think i've seen some of these in cartoon form the differences between winnie the pooh and homer simpson are basically non-existent <laughs> <laughs> like all of those winnie the pooh stories could be the b story to any given simpsons episode <laughs> so okay, let me expand on the third story which is uh, winnie the pooh and piglet are hunting for woozles all right okay now, you're never told what a woozle is, but you, you are told that it is, you know, important to hunt one, okay? Okay. So Winnie the Pooh's walking around a tree, and he's like, ooh, I'm hunting a woozle. And Piglet comes up, and he's like, Winnie the Pooh, what are you doing? He's like, I'm hunting a woozle. Let's come with me. And then, they're wa- you know, they're, there's snow on the ground, so they're following tracks. And then, like, a page later, they're like, oh, my God, there's two woozles now. And then another page later, like, oh, God, there are four woozles now. And then Piglet gets really scared and runs away. And then Christopher Robin just looks down and goes, Silly old bear, what were you doing? First you went around the spiny tree, tree uh, trice by yourself, and then Piglet ran after you, went around again together, and then you were just going around a fourth time. And then Winnie the Pooh says, Yes, I see now. I have been foolish and deluded, and I am a bear of no brain at all. <laughs> Poor Winnie the Pooh. And the be- my favorite part about how this is written is that the words foolish and deluded are like first letter capitalized, as is okay. bear of no brain at all. Like it's a bunch of epithets. 
And then Christopher Robin just says, you're the best bear in all the world. And then they go home and eat lunch. I think he's demonstrably not the best bear in the I whole world. He's, like, he's clearly, <laughs> he's easily misled. He doesn't think things through. Nope. And and he he like gets it like he can think things through when he like stops for a second but yeah the over it sounds like Winnie the Pooh is like pure id it's like <laughs> a lot of the, <laughs> that's really what it is he's really a doofus and like Piglet is just nervous all the time like when he sees all of the the uh, the woozle tracks there's like a line where it's like Piglet was running around making all sorts of oh dear noises. <laughs> it's very British. Like he's just like a foppish, nervous Nelly. <laughs> okay, so which which of the animal friends are introduced in these ten stories? Because I, I think you've got you know you've got Pooh, you've got Piglet. Mm-hmm. It sounds like rabbits in the mix. But if you get to a character like Tigger. Tigger seems like the breakout character that you bring in like midway through to boost the ratings. No. Like he seems like he wouldn't have been there for the beginning. Tigger is not in this book. Okay. Yeah, Tigger is not. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Like, who is the analogous character to Tigger in other TV shows that you were thinking of? I don't know. I don't like, know is he like the John Hamm turn on Thirty Rock? Is he? No. Is he the Will Arnett? He's, like, he's Will Arnett he's like, on Thirty Rock. You bring him in to he, face up against Alec Baldwin. <laughs> I don't think he's that. I think he's maybe like the Urkel character. Oh, and maybe, maybe. like the the series starts out not being about Urkel, but as it continues, <laughs> or he's like he's like the Elmo. Yes. Okay. Just like the public latches onto him, and then he kind of becomes the face of the yeah, of the franchise in that. spite of the title character. So we don't meet Tigger in this book. Okay. Uh we, I think he shows up in House on Pooh Corner. But we so in the in we meet Rabbit in the second story. Is he a stuffed rabbit or a rabbit? I like just a rabbit. He's a is rabbit. He's just a What about rabbit? owl? Owl is just an owl. Piglet's just a pig. Is Piglet just a pig? I think he's just a pig. The, but Pooh and like is Eeyore in this book? Eeyore is in this book, and his tail comes okay. off. Yes. Okay, so Pooh and Eeyore are obviously stuffed. And if Eeyore is not stuffed, he's got all kinds of He's got problems. all sorts of problems. <laughs> well, where do you think when, when Eeyore loses his tail, because that's the first story in which we meet him, where do you think his tail is? Just off the top of your head, where would you find it? I might be... Are you cheating? Do you remember? I want to say that it's just on him already and he can't see it, but I might be making that up. No. Okay, where is it? Uh, if I recall, Owl is using it as a door knocker. So, like, you Owl. you go up to Owl's tree and he's got all these. Now, Owl is the one who knows the most words, but he also doesn't know how to spell any of them. So, he uses these big words. Like, he'll use customary procedure and then... Pooh will say, what does crustamony proceed cake mean? Like, that's an actual line in the book. <laughs> okay. But then a couple pages later, when Pooh has to, like, read the signs on uh, Owl's door, like, they're just gibberish. Like, Owl doesn't know how to spell anything. It's really weird. But anyway, he has to... You He finds Eeyore's tail by going to ask Owl where it is, and he, it's his door knocker. Like, you pull it, and then Owl comes and meets you at the door. Where did Owl find it? Was he just being a jerk, he or just, did he or lose it and he found it? It got stuck on a bush. 
as okay. Eeyore walked by. Because if Al just took it from no, Eeyore, he didn't. That <laughs> really changes the nature of the book. Now, so here's the thing. So you also meet Rabbit, who's a big fat jerk, and I'm going to talk about that in just a second. Um, you meet Rabbit in the second story, and uh, Pooh goes over there to eat a bunch of Rabbit's food, and then he can't get out of Rabbit's house because he's too fat. Like that's right. I remember that cartoon. Yeah. and then like Rabbit draws a face on him, <laughs> like to make him into a decoration. I don't think that happens in the book, but I do remember that from the cartoon. And there's a line where Christopher Robin shows up, and they're like, "We're just gonna have to wait a week until you get skinny again." It's <laughs> great. But they keep making references. See, I think Rabbit's real because they keep making references to Rabbit's huge family. Like he's got like 16 kids, okay, which is like subtle nods to Rabbit's having sex all the time. Where's his wife? No, un- unmentioned. He's So like... They're just sporing off his back, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe he's got them with 16 different lady rabbits. Yeah, we don't talk about that. Um, okay. But... I really want to make this into a riskier, like, I think, like a more adult... There's like another the gritty, realistic Winnie the Pooh <laughs> remake that I think Christopher Nolan is working There's on. There's another way to read all these characters, I think, where they're all just like drug addicts. Like they're just totally hopped up on whatever their, you know, yeah. medium of choices. Um, Who needs some H? So you so rabbits around, you know, you meet Eeyore, they try to track the heffalump in the pit, but then Pooh gets his head stuck in the jar and Piglet thinks it's a heffalump. It's very stupid. Um, not stupid as you're reading it, just stupid of Piglet. Um, I actually enjoyed this quite a lot. But then, so, I think it's story eight, seven or eight, where they introduce Kanga and Roo. Do you remember Kanga and Roo? Yeah, um, they were kangaroos, oh. if I recall correctly. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I like how you said that as if you were on a game show. You're like, oh yes, um, Kanga and, are they kangaroos? What, what are kangaroos? <clears throat> So no, Kanga is the mom, and then Rue is her. Now, kid. to me, when I got to chapter A, I didn't realize Kanga and Rue were going to show up. I would have thought they were the expansion characters. You know what I mean? Like here's like this because in the cartoon, Rue hung out with Tigger a lot. Yeah, because he like looked up to Tigger because he's so good at bouncing. Yeah, and that's all Rue wants to do. Yeah, but Rue's like the Rue's like the baby. Rue's like an infant. Um, so Kanga and Rue show up, and everyone's like, "This is really weird. What is this animal? It doesn't belong in the Hundred Acre Wood." And so here's Rabbit's speech. Here he goes. Here we are, said Rabbit, very slowly and carefully, all of us. And then suddenly we wake up one morning, and what do we find? We find a strange animal among us, an animal of whom we have never even heard before, an animal who carries her family about her, about with her in her pocket. Suppose I carried my family about me with me in my pocket. How many pockets should I want? And Piglet says 16. <laughs> and, then, and then Rabbit doesn't even quite know how many kids he has. <laughs> um, but so Rabbit hatches this huge plan to steal Rue from Kanga and replace... To what end? I, they never... They all are kind of asking him, and he doesn't really have an answer. So what they do is they have Pooh distract Kanga with a really terrible poem. Because throughout the book, uh, Pooh's always like singing and making poems. And uh, so they distract Kanga, and they shove Piglet in her pouch and run away with baby Rue. And then Kanga totally figures it out, but treats Piglet like Rue anyway and gives him a really like intense bath, which is like a I guess a fear of all kids, you know? Okay. Like bath time is the worst sure. kind of thing. To try to teach him a lesson. And like Christopher Robin's totally in on it. 
and then they're they're just like okay with Kanga from then on. Like Kanga's just like whatever, you stupid animals, leave me alone. So Rabbit is kind of a racist, is what I'm. He's an agor- He's not an agoraphobe. He's a xenophobe. He doesn't like newness. Okay. Doesn't like new things. Okay. Now what I remember from the from the cartoon is that he's like an A type personality, but you know, or a type A personality. I could use. An <laughs> he's an A type. Um, that doesn't really come through in the book, but, uh, yeah, from the, from the cartoon, you kind of get the, the feeling that he's maybe a little bit of a busybody, but more often I think he's the kind of the voice of realism or the voice of like, he's, he acts, I think often as like a counterbalance to Tigger yes. and Tigger's craziness, but Tigger is not a character in this. And so that dynamic so, doesn't exist. Yeah. In that, in that Freudian analysis, I think like Pooh is the id and rabbit is what the super ego <laughs> i don't know i don't know i don't know enough freud <laughs> no uh whoops so the arc of this collection of stories is that like Pooh goes from completely useless to like saving the day a couple times oh so he does exhibit growth as a character it's not just like 10 disjointed stories that have nothing to do with each other yeah and they kind of as the as the book goes on they do reference the earlier stories a little bit um but the big two stories at the end is like christopher robin gets everyone together and says we're going to the north pole and like okay and then baby Roo falls in a river and the only way to save the only way that ends up working to save him is Pooh like holds out a stick and picks him up out of the water and then Christopher Robin's like, you found the North Pole. Good work. And they're like, okay. <laughs> and so they're like, oh, great job, Winnie the Pooh. And then the next episode, or the next story episode, <laughs> the next story is the one where uh, Pooh falls asleep eating all the honey. And he wakes up. It's been raining for days. And Piglet's trapped in his house. And no one knows how to go get go and get him. Um, and someone and someone has an umbrella. And Pooh thinks to like turn it upside down and use it as a boat. And he goes and saves Piglet, and then okay. and then chapter ten, Christopher Robin throws him a big party to thank him, and Eeyore's all sad because he thinks it's a party for him, and it's not. <laughs> it's, Man, P- Eeyore is kind of great. Like Eeyore has some really good, uh, some really good lines. I'm trying to find one of them right now. Uh, when when Pooh goes up to Eeyore in the the birth the chapter where it's Eeyore's birthday, he walks up to him and he's like, "Why are you so sad?" And Eeyore says, "Sad? Why should I be sad? It's my birthday, the happiest day of the year." And, he, and Pooh's like, "What?" And he says, "Of course it is. Can't you see? Look at all the presents I have. Look at the birthday cake, candles, and pink sugar. And there's nothing there." And Pooh's like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> And Eeyore goes, he's like, can't you see them? No, neither can I. Joke, he explained. Ha ha. It sounds like the joke's on Eeyore. It does. <laughs> Eeyore, you need help, man. He's so depressed all the time. Oh, no. At one point, he uses his. He tries to use his tail to save Rue from the cold river. And when he comes out and his tail's like all numb... He walks up to Pooh and he's like, what were you talking about? Pooh's like, I don't know. What were we talking about? And Eeyore goes, I thought you were talking about my tail and how it was numb and how concerned you were. And Pooh goes, nope, I don't know what you're saying. It's <laughs> 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 really one. Some of the lines are just great. I re- There's there, there are characters in some modern sitcoms. And I know you don't watch Parks and Recreation, but when you 
explain to me, Eeyore, there's a character on that show uh, named Jerry who all the other characters are really like mean to and he's the butt of all the jokes. Okay. But the way the show sets it up is so you can like kind of laugh at him along with the rest of the characters. Okay. <laughs> instead of feeling bad for him. I think that's how Eeyore sounds to me. <laughs> yeah, he's a really great archetype where he's just kind of like, he's always sad. He's never happy at all. And that's kind of just the point. Like, he's just gonna kind of keep going and I don't know. It's just, it's funny. It It plays a lot more humorous, I think, than I ever thought it did. Or would, which is kind of because yeah, Eeyore could get pretty bleak if you handled him oh, the man. wrong way. It'd be really terrible. <laughs> um, but oh, and there's sometimes there's the turns of phrase are so great. Like at the beginning of the of the North Pole chapter, it starts with one fine day, Pooh had stumped up to the top of the forest to see if his friend Christopher Robin was interested in bears at all. Like what an underhanded way to see if someone wants to hang out with you. It'd be like if I called you up and I was like, I really hope Andrew's interested in Craig's today. <laughs> I hope so too. I'll let, I'll give back to you. Um, so I don't know. I was just kind of the characters for the with the exclusion of Christopher Robin and and maybe Kanga to some extent. They all seem sort of for lack of a better word, dumber than your average kid, if that makes sense. Which seems to... would probably help it succeed as a children's book, I think. Like, if, you then, if you're, like, reading it to your kid and the kid kind of gets to laugh at, what the, at the, what the goofy characters are doing, that's... I think that probably works out, right? Yeah, I mean, based on what you're saying, it sounds like you wouldn't want to have a kid who was dumber than Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> I did. I did tell the story from the Eeyore's birthday chapter, where the reason he eats all the, all the bucket, all the honey in the bucket, is he's like, oh, I think it might be cheese. I should keep eating this to make sure there's no cheese underneath here, because cheese looks like honey. <laughs> he just eats it all because he's he, like, he's such an idiot. He's what a, cheese looks like honey? He's such a, Come on, it's like my uncle once told me cheese looked like honey, so I should eat. I should just keep eating to make sure. Such a such a dumbo. Such a he's he's a pretty big dumbo. Um, but okay, so like we haven't we haven't read too many kids stories on this podcast yet yeah. because typically like thematically they're pretty lightweight and there's not a lot to latch onto to talk about. So is this um, like when we did Wizard of Oz? Mm-hmm. It, it's like there there wasn't like an overarching lesson to be learned or anything. Like it wasn't that kind of a kid's story. It was just kind of a bunch of fantastical stuff that happened. Yeah. Does Winnie the Pooh have like a point, or is it trying to like teach kids stuff, or is it just a bunch of silly little stories? I think it's a. At first, it's a bunch of silly little stories. I think um, if you want to look at the arc of Winnie the Pooh, if you want to read that much into it. And it wants to be about, you know, not underestimating people, perhaps. That's not a bad thing to take away. But I think, at, you know, first read, if you're reading this one story at a time, it would mostly just kind of be about entertaining little stories for kids. But then, of course, the I don't know if you... Have you ever read The Tao of Pooh, Andrew? No, I've not. Um, I don't remember the name of the author, but the guy wrote two books that kind of explore... Try to explain Taoist philosophy using Winnie the Pooh characters. One's the Tao of Pooh, and the other is the Day of Piglet. And 
it has to do with what I what I think in my research. I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but what's called Wei Wu Wei, I think, which is called effortless doing. Which is just these okay. characters just kind of exist in this world where they they do what comes natural to them. You know, they behave very close to their nature. Okay, and, and they eat honey, and they yeah, he's are sad, and he's a hungry bear, and he's just going to do what hungry bears do. You know, like he's not going on crazy adventures he's just kind of living his hungry bear life uh which seems at least in the reading that 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 book takes of this kind of stuff like that has shares some elements with Taoist philosophy of just kind of like living in accordance with nature and you know just kind of going with the flow i'm simplifying an entire belief system right now but you know that's fine that's par for the course on overdue do sometimes. do what you need to do um so i think that there's interesting stuff there i got a lot out of it just in amusement just reading it i did not expect some of the turns of phrase to be as amusing as they were um and just some of the behavior is odd enough that you can enjoy it as an adult even reading to a kid i think the language is sophisticated enough and it kind of makes fun of the characters for using language poorly which i think is really interesting to kids you know it's funny for us now but i think it's that's something that developmentally is really a lot more sophisticated than just a book about a cute animal that happens to rhyme or whatever it might be. Right. Because if you see these characters use the words incorrectly and then that's like a teaching opportunity for you to. Yeah. And, and the kid is allowed to be smarter than, like I said before, like the kid is the, is allowed to be smarter than the character. So you get to kind of laugh at the character in a loving way while, you know, learning something along with the character and in, in a way that, it's not quite the same, but you read a lot of the Dr. Seuss books, and they're not just about whatever they're about. You know, he would regularly write books like the Lorax or the Great Butter Battle or whatever. That they're was. just about communism. I think they were mostly about communism. most of them, yeah, or about you know the flaws of capitalism or whatever they were. Whatever they're about they were. how cats and hats represent the unstoppable forces of nature. <laughs> Um, but I think it's it's the type of I don't know I haven't read a lot of children's books lately like new children's books so I don't know what's what's on the market in terms of like how sophisticated they are. But I just assume it's like all other media and we stopped making new stuff like ten years ago or something <laughs> like when our when our generation started growing up when the with internet like, happened. Yeah, like we just started just reading our kids the stuff that we liked and not really paying attention to what anyone else is doing anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can fully see myself if, and when I have kids reading them Winnie the Pooh after reading this, cause I'd never read them before. And I know a lot of people who were read them as kids and really liked them, but I just did not have that. Um, yeah, I like the cartoons and my, I, we didn't end up seeing it. I don't even know if we even seriously entertain the idea of seeing it, but I hear that the most recent, Oh, animated yeah. movie which i think i think was distinctive because it was like hand drawn yeah and maybe hand colored yeah, too yeah, yeah. i think instead of, it wasn't just that it was 2d animation but it didn't use like all i don't think that it used all like the digital ink and paint and stuff oh, okay that most animated like 2d animated stuff uses now mm-hmm. but i heard it was pretty good mm-hmm I don't know. I didn't see it. That's my. I didn't have a point to that story. Just, just to say that I think the franchise is still going strong, and I think it's still kind of remaining true to itself. Like it hasn't changed a ton. 
No, it, it's not in like, like when 80 you, or 90 I mean, years. It's a very different standard, but it's not like when you see those CG Garfield movies and you're just like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean? It's not like Garfield was ever high art to begin okay. with. But yeah, it, it um, when you see something that's so far removed from its source material that it just kind of makes you cringe. Yeah, I seem that to it remember exists. years ago there was like a CG Winnie the Pooh like TV show that looked a little questionable, Ooh, but maybe the, there may have been a version that was on when we were kids that was like it was like Barney. It was just like people in oh, Winnie no. the Pooh costumes. I might be making that oh, up. No, let me before I impugn the good name of Winnie the Pooh. Let me. <laughs> You should explain something no, while I make sure I'm not making that's that That's fine. Um, I think what, what really gives Pooh its staying power is the archetypes. You know what I mean? In the same way that, you know, when you were re- rereading Wizard of Oz, like, those characters are boiled down to very clear archetypes that kids can understand. You know, the it's about courage or it's about intelligence or it's about, you know, whatever it is. And these characters kind of conform to similar, very distinct personalities you don't have to worry that Piglet is suddenly not going to act like Piglet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, have you- um, for the record, the uh, series is called Welcome to Pooh Corner, and I believe it was uh, live action and puppets. Oh. And it ran from 1983 to 1986, so that's okay. getting, getting up there. Yeah, but that's that's not a very long run for a Winnie the Pooh children's show. You know what I mean? I don't know how long. I mean, they did 120 episodes. Yeah, over four years. Huh. Be interested to go back and see how that holds up. Uh, probably not great. And again, I probably don't need to spend time watching old children's TV shows. You probably don't need to, but you can if you want. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I got, Andrew. I like this. Go read Winnie the Pooh if you got some time, people. Or reserve or it. Or like kids. Yeah, yeah, reserve it for your kids or for your kids in the future. I don't know how old you are as you listen to this right now. But <laughs> Winnie the Pooh is pretty great. All right. There you have it. Um, if you want to tell us more children's stories that you read to your future kids, you should <laughs> you should tweet at us at twitter.com slash overdue pod or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash overdue pod. We also have a Gmail address, which I think is overduepod at gmail.com. If you guys you know, want to write us questions or make book recommendations or whatever, like maybe we'll read that stuff on the air. Maybe we'll just laugh at you. Just it's, it, any, Anything goes. Uh, we also have a website at www.overduepodcast.com. And on that website are Amazon links to not just the books that we are reading, but the books that we'll be reading in the next two weeks. So if you want to support us and follow along or even like read the past books that we read and form your own opinions, if you buy the books through those links, we get a little bit of money and you help like support our hosting costs and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Is that it? Is there an iTunes well, link on that website? Yeah, there is an iTunes. I was going to let you. Oh, you're going to let me do that. Toss Great. It over to you. So you can subscribe to us on iTunes uh, via the website or just search for us on iTunes. And if you do do that, we would really appreciate it if you rated and reviewed the show. Uh, let us know what you think. That also helps other people on iTunes find it, which helps us grow as a podcast. And if you don't want to use. And as people. Yeah, as people. As and podcast as book people. Readers, I don't know. Uh, if you don't use iTunes, but you still want to subscribe, you can use your RSS feeder or what is it? Reader? Feeder reader? RSS feed reader? 
<laughs> they don't exist anymore anyway, so it's cool. All right, that's fine. Uh, but you can plug <laughs> that RSS link into any other manner of subscription service, or you can just listen to the episodes on our website. I don't know if people know that they can do that. There are uh, little buttons, little play buttons on the episode links that you can hit. Little buttons. Just click the little buttons. Just click all the buttons listen. on our website. Just click them all. We promise there are no nefarious ones. Yeah, and that's it. See you next week. Yeah, bye everybody. Hello and welcome to Overdue, a book <laughs> the podcast you've been meaning to listen to. It's uh, <laughs> it's Sunday. My name's Craig. It's not even Sunday. It's Monday. It's Monday. <laughs> Hello, cats and kittens. Um, all right. <clears throat>